Well, hey, everybody, before we get started with today's podcast, Mark here, and I have a special guest with me. Hello. It's Chris Conacondi from our San Mateo campus, and we're talking about a really cool event that we have coming up. Chris, what's the event? Yes, it's coming up on Tuesday, June 20th, mm-hmm. and we're calling it We Belong Together. And it's uh, going to be a space where um, we're going to invite a guest speaker in, and we're gonna, going to be able to kind of process a little bit about Asian American identity and where that intersects with uh, other culture and our faith. Awesome. Are we allowed to announce a special guest? Yes, okay. let's announce it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we get to invite Dr. Daniel Lee, and he is my professor, but also the academic dean of the Center for Asian American Theology and Ministry at, at Fuller Seminary. Awesome. He's been teaching for over a decade and has done just a lot of work in this area and um, just a great, a lot of great wisdom. That's so exciting. Yeah. So what can people expect from this night? It's going to be an interactive night. So we will have an opportunity to hear from Dr. Lee, but also we will have time to break out into conversations together. And so we can process a little bit of what we've been hearing. We should be able to hear each other's stories. And then Mm -hmm. we'll have time for Q&A at the end. So if this brings up any questions, um, hopefully we'll be able to address it there too. So it's really an interactive night. It's not not just a lecture. Ooh, that's exciting. And I hear that it's based around Asian American identity, culture. Is this just for Asian Americans or who would we want to come and experience this event with us? Yeah, we would really love for everybody to come and consider coming because um, we are, even here at Menlo Church, we're very multicultural now Mm -hmm. and um, it will help to understand uh, more deeply, well, really each other, but a growing population in our church and in our communities, and one that often feels a little invisible sometimes. And so it's really important that non-Asians are here too, to be able to hear from this community and be able to understand more deeply. And our goal is really that we would understand each other more deeply so we all feel like we belong and are pursuing unity together. Wow, that's great. And what are you most excited for? I am really excited to meet my professor in person. <laughs> okay. I've never, I've had many Zoom calls sure. with him. Um, I'm wondering how tall he is. Oh, uh, the I, questions we all want answered. <laughs> right? I've met people before and it's like, they're like a foot taller than I thought they would be. Okay. Um, but I'm really looking forward to just connecting with more people around this subject mm-hmm. and hearing stories because mm-hmm. they're encouraging and I feel like it's how we learn. Awesome. So if you'd also want to connect or to learn or just really get um, some awesome time with probably what I'm imagining a dialogue that doesn't happen in a lot of spaces, like this is a very, like it's coming from someone with so much experience in this and a a field leader really on the Asian American experience. And so whether um, this is your first time coming to this or you're just on, on a journey of trying to experience different cultures and learn about them. This is a great opportunity to do so. Do we have to sign up? What, what do we do if we want to say, yes, I'm coming? It would be great if you could sign up okay. just because we're you know, hopefully going to have uh, enough seats for everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some snacks, but right. also uh, it's totally okay to just show up as well. And we will be streaming it. So okay. if you're not in the area, it will be at our Mountain View campus. You'll have an opportunity to watch online. Awesome. So the links will all be below to sign up. If you have any questions, you could text me 650-600-0402. That will come to the team here and we'd be happy to help you sign up or answer any questions. Chris, thanks so much. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome everybody to Menlo Midweek. My name is Jessica and I missed you guys. I was sick. I had a little bit of an ear infection and a horrible cough. So I haven't been here a couple of weeks, but I'm excited to be back. If you're watching on YouTube, this is my first time at the table. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, and if you're a longtime listener, you know, if I start the podcast, that means Mark Marnishi is not here. He is on a really cool fishing trip with his dad out in Utah. So, but we do have. The one and only Phil. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I, I'm so glad today. to be with you. I'd rather be fishing with Mark. Yes. I think all of us would. But uh, yeah. I am also glad to be here. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And, you know, instead of just getting a random person, we thought, let's get another Mark in here yes. to fill in. Mm-hmm. So we have Mark Kim here, everybody. Hi, Mom. I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the Menlo Midweek podcast. Long time listener, yeah. first time guest, right? Yes, yes, nice. absolutely. Well, welcome. We're excited to have you here. 
Thank you. Bill, why don't you tell everybody why Mark is here? Outstanding. Well, uh, we have, over the course of the last few months, been doing a lot of work at Menlo, in case you didn't know that. Uh, and one of the things that we've been doing is restructuring the central team of Menlo. So they're kind of, if you attend a campus uh, for Menlo or you listen online, there are teams and individuals that make each one of those campuses work. And obviously, you know, Mark and Jess, and they uh, lean in quite heavily to make online work. Uh, and then the central team is a team of staff members who work also with volunteers to help make all of the things that we sort of align and are consistent about between all of those environments. So obviously the like most public thing is the teaching uh, that other than this last weekend when it was locally at campuses gets sent from Menlo Park to other campuses. Uh, but it's not just that. Kids curriculum, students environments, um, lots of the things that we do like starting point uh, that happen for adults, a lot of that is kind of built and equipped from a central team. And so the way that that team works together, even the way that we think about campus alignment or how we work together as one church in multiple locations, uh, that's really empowered by that central team. Uh, we have not had uh, sort of the kind of typical, if you're new to church world, usually the term is executive pastor. We've not had one of those in several years. And for Menlo, we felt like the chief of staff title made a little bit more sense. We can get into more of that later. Um, but I wanted us to hopefully try and find the right person, man or woman, within our team to be able to step into that role. And so over the course of the last few months as we've been working through that, we were interviewing folks and talking to people about this role. And Mark Kim uh, is the guy we're super Woo! pumped for. Uh, and so he will start July 1st as the chief of staff for all of Menlo Church. Uh, he will kind of work at our central offices here in Menlo Park. Uh, but he will help all of our campuses. Uh, he will help all of our teams, um, some of which is kind of formal relationships. Some is more informal, uh, but couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, this is a role that I think is going to help our church a whole lot. So glad. Super exciting. Yeah, really glad. Glad to have you. Yes, and super humbly. It is, <laughs> it is one of those positions where I'm like, okay, God, you're going to have to show up in, in big ways. Totally. And so really, really anticipating God to, to show up. Yeah. Yeah, Phil touched on a little bit, but if you were here on Sunday, um, all of our campus pastors, uh, plus Chris Kanakande and San Mateo, got to preach at their campuses. I believe all of those, if not almost all of them, are up on our podcast right now. So if you want to listen to a different one, you can. That'd be great. Um, and so this week, instead of Menlo Midweek focusing on that sermon, we decided to have this fun conversation with Mark to get to know you a little bit better. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are and how you got to Menlo? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you're tuning in because you wanted to hear from Chris or Josh or Mark <laughs> or any of our pastors, uh, I'm sorry. You're stuck with me today. Or you're welcome. No, uh, oh, yes. We'll find out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it was really neat. Uh, Phil actually came in support of just making the announcement at San Mateo. Uh, he came and was actually serving coffee. And a lot of our volunteers were like, yeah, it was... Uh, strangely very busy uh this weekend and i was like i wonder why <laughs> uh but thanks for coming out uh at san mateo that was yeah that was really fun to see yep. you there but yeah i uh it's been a long journey getting to this place i mean uh i know i don't look it but this is um my 23rd year of ministry my gosh that flew by really quickly started i started when you were four yeah <laughs> i know really <laughs> yeah i i did feel a, a calling towards ministry pretty early on like in, in high school uh, i wanted to actually be a pediatrician and and wanted to go to stanford and when i got to menlo i thought it was ironic that i would be in kids ministry <laughs> near stanford yeah. and i was like god you have a kind of funny you know sense of humor mm -hmm. uh but yeah i felt early called ministry went to wheaton college for my undergrad so we were actually pretty close to each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I went to Moody Bible Institute, sort of the thrift store version of Wheaton, if you don't know that. <laughs> Moody is in downtown Chicago. It's also tuition paid by donors, so yes. it's a big deal. Wow. Wheaton is an incredible school north of the city. So Yeah, yeah. so uh, it was uh, three, three and a half years there. I think I graduated in three and a half. Um, no big deal. Graduated early. It's fine. <laughs> no, it was just expensive. Yeah. It was expensive. Yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. I'm telling you, dude, I, I know. To, I need to graduate yeah, quick because yeah. my parents could not afford that. Um, and so graduated from there, went over to Regent College over in Vancouver, BC. I actually wanted to go to Gordon-Conwell, but yeah. I was like, East Coast? Nah. Uh, so I stayed on the West Coast and then uh, was uh, at a church, basically the same church for 20 years. Uh, wow. I was church planning with them for the last eight and then got to a point where I said, hey, I think I've given everything that I could. And I surrendered kind of to a call to, for, for God to lead me wherever he wanted to. 
I thought I was going to actually go into missions. I, I actually mm. thought I was going to go somewhere in the Pacific Rim somewhere. So I spent several months in Asia trying to see what God might have for me. And then uh, I, got, I came back because all the doors were just closing. Mm. I just felt like, God, like, I guess you're not leading me in this direction. Came back to Seattle and my mentor, uh, Pastor Larry Williams, set me up with a, a church that was planting at my high school. Mm. And I thought, man, I got called in high school. This is full circle coming back. And during that process, uh, they were using a recruiting firm, and that recruiting firm was also being used by Menlo, and that's when Menlo found me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, Bay Area? Never thought. Everybody says, hey, everybody leaves San Francisco to go somewhere else. You're wanting to come to San Francisco? And all my friends were saying, hey, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Living costs there, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, at that point, I was still single, and I was like, God, wherever you're leading me. And so I came, and I remember on my drive down, I think I was around like Vacaville, like I was driving down and I remember praying to God. I was like, you know, God, I'm like, is this what it means to fully surrender? Like, I just have no, no ambition whatsoever. I just want to serve you. I just want to do what I can. And I'm going to surrender my, my singleness. I was single at the time. I'm going to surrender whatever you have for me. Cause I did want to become an executive pastor. Mm-hmm. But then when Lindell called, I was like, okay, kids ministry, like I, I can do this. I've done this for a long time. And if God wants me to continue doing it, I'll do it. Mm. Um, so I was just like, God, like, so yeah, I'll, I'll do this. this. If this is what you want me to do, like, it's good to have ambitions, right? Like to want to be something, do something. But when it comes to kingdom efforts, I just thought, if this work, God wants me, I'm going to do it. So I came here and um, didn't feel like I would ever be in this position because we were, when I first came on, we were like really staffed, like <laughs> overstaffed. And I just thought, oh my gosh, um, yeah, I guess I'm going to be doing kids for a while. But when this position came up, I told my wife right away, I said, hey, if, if God wants us here, um, I want to eventually be in this position uh, to make some just big dents in the kingdom. I think what we have in front of us, especially here at Menlo, uh, we have a highly resourced and highly connected church, really driven community. And every area needs a, a big church to make a dent mm-hmm. so that way other churches also can be supported and do the work of ministry in this area. And I hope that Menlo will be that church. Yeah. How long have you been at Menlo now? Uh, I'm coming up on four years this August. Yeah. And what were you doing at the church before? You were also doing kids ministries? Yeah, I was uh, church planting. So okay. I, was, I was mainly doing the kids and, and student programs because... Uh, there was nobody to do that. So um, classic church. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've been in those roles. I think every 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 role that I've been in has has been a role where I'm doing what the church needs me to mm. do. Um, and because of that, I feel like I've become a jack of all trades yeah. kind of person. Uh, but I feel like the strengths that I have are really making things stable. Like every situation I've mm. been into, it's just kind of been like, hey, things are kind of disorganized wanting to make sure like things are streamlined and I've come into those situations and help them to become stable. So yeah. that's awesome. You can see why maybe we felt like it was a good fit for Mark. <laughs> yeah. I think Phil's kind of like, please God come faster. <laughs> can you start right now? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I even now we are kind of prepping for me to come in July 1st, but there is a lot to do and I'm just really anxious because I, I want to get started. Mm-hmm. Right. Not anxious because I'm worried. I'm anxious because there is so much do mm-hmm. and we've lost so much time especially over covid right just everything that we've wanted to do as a church just just didn't happen mm-hmm. so um wanting to really move forward with everything that we hope to do i think there's also this aspect when a central team or you know a church goes through change um I think there's, uh, in change leadership there's usually the way you think about it in culture is culture's frozen and then there are these moments that are sometimes referred to as cultural thaws where things can change, but then they have to refreeze. Like culture can't stay thawed. And so uh, I think I knew that we were going to have kind of this six-month period where things were thawed and some of the like really big things like merging a couple campuses or a reorg or a position like this would really need to get done probably much quicker than some folks would maybe have thought we were going to do those things because I know that sort of the culture of Menlo 
the people of Menlo have been so gracious to understand, hey, some of these things were necessary and sort of um, it, we were due for the change. And then as that uh, sort of refreezes, hopefully there will be a, a sense of stability and momentum, and it'll feel like some of the structural work that needed to get done to set us up for the season that's in front of us. Uh, hopefully we look back and go, oh man, Lord, thank you so much uh, for allowing us to take those steps as quickly as we were able to. And this is one more of yeah. those. And you guys both use the word like stability. And I think, you know, you even touched on a little bit with COVID and just, you know, for those of us who were here during the last four years have gone through a very tumultuous time. And so hearing that word stability, just like, right. yeah, we yeah. need that for sure. Yeah. You definitely need to start somewhere. And my thing in ministry has always been, if you can have a consistent presence mm. and a consistent system, like you can always grow from that. You, yeah. you can't go from like unstable grounds. It, it's just not possible. Yeah. That's good. So uh, give us a sense a little bit. You, you've alluded to the fact that you were single. You're no longer single. So tell us about Kelly. Tell us about, <laughs> you know, uh, the Kim family. Yeah. My wife hates attention. So she's going to watch this and be like, why do you have to talk about me? We'll actually show uh, a picture of her on screen say, at be this thankful point. She didn't yeah. at, we didn't ask her to yeah. come. Uh, I definitely married up. So if you see her, you'll be like, <laughs> oh, okay, Mark. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I had... I, I literally felt like I grew up in the time of Joshua Harris, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I kissed dating him by screwed up my dating life. Hashtag purity culture. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Hashtag I survived purity culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought I was going to be celibate. I really felt like when I, when I met Jesus, I thought Jesus was saying like, Mark, I want you to be like Paul, give your life, mm-hmm. do everything. Like I, John Piper was like one of the early people that I read. And when I read Desiring God, I was like, you know what? yeah, that's all I'm going to desire. I'm going to desire God. I'm going to work for his kingdom. And I thought, I'm just going to be single and use all that time and energy. And I did. I, I poured a lot into uh, ministry and the kids and families that I was part of. And coming here, I just thought the same thing. I think I was, what, 38, 39? Yeah, something like that. And I was like, driving down, I was like, God, I'm going to give you my singleness. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. In fact, San Francisco, <laughs> <laughs> you know just how it is down here so i was like you know what i'm just gonna give it to god and not worry about it i'm just gonna focus 100 percent, 110 percent on the ministry that god has for me that was august 2019 when i came in december 2019 um one of my volunteers uh she pulls me aside it was on uh christmas sunday actually uh 2019 she she pulls me aside and said pastor mark you're single right and i was like what kind? Okay. <laughs> she pulls me over. Sue. So I credit Sue King with, with uh, our, us getting married. But um, Sue basically pulls me over and says, hey, meet my friend. Meet my friend's sister. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally that day, uh, that was when we had, uh, we had four services back then, three kids services. And so they had come at the uh, third service. So it was a little bit slower that day. And I just kept thinking, oh man, like, First impressions, great. Um, what can I do to like have some more FaceTime with her? And so a volunteer had brought a box of chocolates and they, had, they didn't finish it. They're like, hey, Pastor Mark, can you get rid of these? And I was like, perfect. Let's go out, grab these chocolates. <laughs> pretend like I'm passing them around. So I go to them like, hey, would you like some chocolates? Had another little chat with them. And then I asked Sue later on, I said, hey, like, would you mind sending us up for coffee? Mm. Like, I would never do this up in Seattle because I'd been up there for 20 plus years and everybody knew each other. Mm-hmm. and all that. So I was like, you know, I wouldn't do that up there, but here, nobody knows me. Nobody cares. Uh, and so I asked her for a coffee date and I literally, the first coffee date, I thought this is the girl that I'm going to marry. Aww. Like I, I, that's super cute. Yeah. When my friends told me about that feeling, like you get when you know, I was like, I know. as a guy who's been married for a long time, uh, I'm not sure I knew you were still allowed to ask people to coffee, not on an app. Like I did. Uh, for anybody listening, yes, you are. All right. <laughs> just are like just, we'll have a banner. Right we'll have a banner underneath right now. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So if it weren't for COVID, I mean, I know like everybody has a different experience of COVID. And, and for me, it was an opportunity for me to actually go to Korea. So Menlo yeah. actually gave me the opportunity because we were all online at that point in time. So when 2020 hit, um, I was calling her at like three, four o'clock in the morning because of the time difference. Oh. She was in Korea at that time. So I was waking up really early. You know, that's not that, too, that's love. Yeah, that's love. I know. I'm that's taking also, notes like, hey, he's got to be able to wake up <laughs> yeah, early in the yeah, morning. That's exactly right. <laughs> so from February to like September of 2020, just calling her up every morning, talking with her. I mean, that's your normal wake up time anyway. Not still. quite that. 
I woke up early. Not quite that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, And then September went to Korea uh, with the ring, knowing that I was going to propose all that kind of stuff. So yeah, did all that there. That's good. Awesome. That's so exciting. Tell us a little bit for you, personality stuff. You know, we live in a world where we all sort of hear the terms and we instantly type people. So don't do that. Like (laughs) Mark's a human being, but just added frames of reference for people. Tell us a little bit about kind of personality stuff. Yeah. We, um, we at Menlo, we use the working genius a lot these days, right? Mm -hmm. We had a staff retreat all about that. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the working genius, there's uh, six kind of categories that people fall into in terms of like, what are your, what are your real strengths? What are your competencies and what are your weaknesses? And a couple of my strengths are, uh, discernment uh i've always been really good at helping other people make their stuff look better my stuff doesn't look (laughs) as great like i remember in high school we'd be like peer editing papers and i would just have such a hard time with my own but when it came to friends they would give me their papers and they'd get an a plus and i'd get like a b (laughs) what's going on here so i'm good at discerning other people's work and trying to figure out how to edit that uh but that kind of falls into also just in terms of like understanding patterns and things that could easily uh, be worked on and actionable versus maybe just aspirational. And I think that's one of the things that I want to bring to our team is like, hey, there's a lot of things that we want to be, that we hope to be, but what are the aspirational things that are actually actionable? Mm. Um, So I think that's one of my strengths. So discernment, tenacity is also one of mine. Um, So my wife can tell you how tenacious I am. Um, Yeah, once I uh, understand an issue, uh, the root problem of it, uh, and trying to figure out the steps towards resolving it. Like, I want to bring that to its completion, not mm-hmm. just kind of start something, leave it be, but really bring it to its completion. So I feel like that's where I kind of bring some strengths in terms of, hey, what are we working on? How can we figure out what is the best solution to that problem? And then making sure that we work out that solution until it's resolved, mm-hmm. right? So working geniuses, uh, Enneagram, if you're big on Enneagram, I am a very high one. Okay. So that means uh, I'm a perfectionist. This is my surprised face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, if you are an Enneagram one, you understand that you have like this constant voice in the back of your head that just says, that's not good enough. Oh. <laughs> that's not the good inner enough. critic. Yeah, the mm-hmm. inner critic. Um, I've, I've tried to um, control that inner critic a lot because it's, it's not healthy when it's constantly like, hey, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And not only that, if you have high expectations for yourself, that leaks out mm-hmm. to other people and, mm-hmm. and that can be unhealthy. And so uh, I've also found out from my wife, who reminds me all the time, that says, hey, your expectations are your expectations. Mm. Unless you communicate those expectations and have a sense of, you know, understanding of where the reality is because mm-hmm. the re- expectations sometimes can be really idealistic right so for me um, just trying to understand that hey we want to do things excellently right but excellence is different from perfection and so that's something that i've been learning over mm-hmm. the many many years of ministry but i i feel like for me that brings uh a sense of for me, that Enneagram one, it's really about a sense of urgency. Like, hey, if we're going to work on something, let's do that really, really, really well. Because mm. I think if we're going to be a witness to the world, um, we're going to have to do things really well. Because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of stuff out there. But if you care about what you're doing and you do that well, people will listen. Mm. And so that's kind of what I bring to the table, too. Yeah, yeah I think as you get to know Mark, you're going to see a sense, too, um, you know, whether that's sort of behind the scenes at Menlo or if you have a chance to work with them directly that I really appreciate. I think about that text in Colossians, like whatever you do, mm-hmm. do it as unto the Lord, right? And so uh, I think sometimes we can sort of bifurcate or internally divide our efforts between like, well, this is a thing I'm doing in my connection or pursuit of God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very passionate about it. But this is just my day job. This is just a random task that I have to do on a routine basis. And we can all, I think, sort of slide into that compartmentalization. Uh, but one of the things I, I just really appreciate you, Mark, is I just never sense that, man. Like, and uh, I, I know that that doesn't come naturally. That comes supernaturally. But I think it's the call for all of us that follow Jesus to say, what does it look like uh, to do that well? So No, I, re- I really appreciate that. And I think that's one of the things that I've been able to experience here at Menlo. I just feel like we have such an affirming culture here like especially as we announced uh, my departure from San Mateo you know of course people are gonna be like oh man like why are they taking another person from San Mateo 
but uh, just been super encouraging along the way. Um, and it's weird. It's weird talking about what can I bring to the team. Um, more so than what can I bring, it's really how can I help us really win together <coughs> as, a, as a team. Sure. Like ministry does not happen in isolation, right? Ministry doesn't happen because Phil's in here and now we're, we're up for a change. We are a catalyst to one another. And so it's how do we bring that out of each other so that way we can bring the best before the Lord and also make a big dent here in the Bay Area. That's great, man. It's really good. Yeah, I think one of the like cool things about you is, you know, having worked on a campus, I know that I've worked on a campus as well. And so there sometimes can feel like this campus versus central and central versus campus kind of mentality. And I think we're, we're fighting really hard to push through that for sure. And so I think coming in, in your position and having Mm -hmm. that experience of what Mm -hmm. it is like to work on a campus is so valuable and so incredible because if people come to you with a complaint, you're like, yeah, no, I've been there. I've been on a campus. I know that experience that you're talking about. And I'm, you know, it just brings a different level of understanding and knowledge that I think is really helpful in this, in this area. Yeah. And it's really important to also understand that there's also the, the curse of knowledge, right? Like mm-hmm. once you switch over to something, there is, you, you were there, but you're not there anymore. Yeah, totally. And so it's also that awareness of, yes, I've been at a campus, but this whole campus versus central thing and even people calling like Menlo the main campus, yeah. you know, headquarters, all that kind of stuff, like trying to help us understand that we are different expressions of the same church <laughs> In the Bay Area, right? Like when we were at San Jose, you know, all the way up to South City at some point in time, um, you know, every church was an expression of of that local region. But how do we stay true to the vision and mission of Menlo? And we're trying to get there, right? Mm -hmm. We're all a work in progress. But I really want to make sure that it's not so much central and campus, it's us Mm -hmm. as a church. Um, And a lot of that boils down to, I think, just expectations again, like expectations, what's your role, what's the communication lines, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think because there, we've been through so many shifts, I need to say that we're very clearly on, <laughs> on, on the podcast. Uh, um, yes. Because of so many pivots, maybe there that's a different go, word, yeah. mm-hmm. pivots, we've, we've had to just, there's so many things that we're doing differently that we need to just get in realignment with mm-hmm. well and so, i think i think uh you know there's always a percentage of a percent this last weekend was a great example where uh campuses all had local communicators that spoke mm-hmm. but they actually developed those talks together i yeah. got to mm-hmm. be a part of the process and so if you go listen to them i'd encourage you to we made an intentional shift this time shift this time um <laughs> where every one of those teachings over the course of the week will show up on the podcast so you can go listen to them yeah and you will hear about 85% of their talks were the same. Mm. They were their own voices. Yep. Uh, but we built the skeleton and even some of the muscle and tissue together. And then they added the rest, right? Yep. And uh, I think it was really fun. I was able to be at San Mateo and hear Chris live. And um, Chris just, I mean, she's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's unbelievable. And she did a fantastic job. And uh, San Mateo campus is amazing. They were so kind. It was it was really really fun and special. Uh, and then I got a chance to hear Marks. Uh, I'm I'm still I'm gonna listen to uh, Matt and Josh's today. Um, but it's just a really fun thing. Got to uh, debrief with some of the communicators yesterday. But I think that there's this idea of like, hey, we're gonna stack hands in the middle and we're better together, right? And mm-hmm. I think in some ways a multi-site church is a little bit like a marriage. Like, yeah, there's always an opportunity in marriage for me to kind of go do my own thing and then to be frustrated and not work together with Alyssa. I mean, I would never do that, but I'm sure like I hear, you know, and I think it's this daily choice to say, Hey, we're going to work together. We're better together. Mm -hmm. And it's going to mean that there are things, you know, the parallel for husbands in the new Testament uh, of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church. I lay my life down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's this picture of mutual submission that we're all supposed to do in Ephesians 5. And so I think for us to be able to look at that as campuses and to understand, well, why are we a multi-site church? Why do we exist as one church in multiple locations? Is Phil's ego just that big? Uh, (laughs) And the answer is no, no. We just know that of all these different environments, of the alignment that we're able to have, the impact that we're able to have, if we can align 
around some common ideas, common mission, common strategy, then it frees up campuses to be able to deliver much, much more effective ministry with smaller staff, with more efficient financial stewardship than would otherwise be possible. So if you think about all the different campuses of Menlo Church, including Menlo Park, they would not be able to have the kind of impact in their community as we're able to have now mm-hmm. because of that commitment together towards mutual submission. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, Mark's role and the central team, uh, I think sometimes in multi-site world, it can be like central team is up here and the campuses are down here. And one of the things I've tried to communicate uh, directly and sort of, you know, behind the scenes here at Menlo is it's actually the other way around, mm-hmm. right? Like it's actually central team that is central services. We're central support. We are serving the campuses. And, uh, and I hope that this position in this next season uh, will give us just an amazing encouragement for our campuses and at Central will just understand how much we get to help those kind of at the front lines uh, be able to deliver and care for people who know Jesus today and who don't know yet don't yet know Jesus today. So yeah. pumped about that. So can we dive into a little bit of what is the chief of staff? What are some of the big responsibilities that you're going to be in charge of working with Phil and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Chief of staff right now, as it currently stands, is like an interim position, right? There's, we've been through reorg, reduction in force. And so we're trying to align not only our teams, but also help people understand like what, what, what's their job right now? <laughs> like some people's jobs, it was one, now it's like three different mm-hmm. jobs and trying to help them to win, to put mm-hmm. them in a position where they can win and make sure that they're doing what they're being asked to do. Because again, that old expectation thing, like, hey, I thought I was doing this, now I'm doing something else. How do I make sure I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing so I can help the rest of the, of the church? Mm-hmm. And so part of that is bringing alignment to the church, also helping us be, be really clear about the vision and the mission of our church so that every team understands the why mm-hmm. behind the what that they're doing, right? We want to give people freedom on how, right? Because if you constrict the how, then people just get frustrated. Mm-hmm. But like when you get why down and you understand what you're doing, like there's so many different ways that we can approach these things. And collectively, we can do so much better, like Phil was saying. So aligning teams, getting really clear on vision and mission. A lot of the ops stuff will fall under me. So like finance, you know, HR, facilities, those types of things, uh, they'll kind of fall under me. So we're going to get those things down and make sure we're stewarding our resources well. And if you're like super nerdy in the details, <laughs> we have an operations director slash CFO yeah. slash HR slash 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 yeah. named Sean Reed. She's awesome. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, really, this is about giving her uh, great support with Mark. And so when we think about this uh, in, in multi-site world, you'll hear the, the language of solid line, dotted line. Solid line is like formal reporting relationship. Yeah. Dotted line is um, like collaboration together. And so when Mark says his role is interim, it doesn't mean that uh, his role is temporary. It means that what we're going to do for the next three to six months is that Mark will have solid line to Shauna with operations and dotted line to all the other central leaders that we have at the top layer. So creative with Josh Fox, spiritual formation with uh, Cheryl Awesome. Shout out to Cheryl, friend of the show, uh, Scott Palmbush for multi-site, that there's going to be uh, kind of this core alignment, Brett, with Next Gen, And then uh, three to six months from now, as uh, kind of operations and Sean and Mark's relationships able to uh, feel really great and effective, then all of those lines will become dotted and Mark will become m- like kind of my only direct report. Uh, and all of those will become his direct reports. Right now, I'm solid line relationship to mm-hmm. those team members. So that's a little bit of the evolution of what we expect this role to be. But we want to set Mark up to be successful because just asking him to take all that on day one is not going to set anyone up to be successful. So uh, I think it'll be a great first few months and it'll let some of those relationships build naturally that would otherwise have to jump into some pretty formal mm-hmm. stuff pretty quick. Yeah, and I've been really thankful for just that 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 thinking ahead, peeking around the corner. Cause yeah, if I were to jump in right now sure. to take on all those things, that would be crazy. Yeah. 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 You mean my January. <laughs> <laughs> Your last six months. Yeah. 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 Try to, trying to, I, I always want to try and under promise and over deliver, but that would not have put me in a position where I could have done that. So mm-hmm. I'm truly thankful for the foresight. That's good. Yeah. Uh, can I ask a non-serious question for yeah. a second? What's your favorite food? <sighs> tacos mm-hmm. 
You said you don't have a taco space. I don't have a taco space. Do you have uh, one for him? I do. Yes. I've got two. I knew this was going to happen, oh. by the way. I already Googled the name oh, of it. Yeah, because, yes. So shout out to Josh Horton, our Menlo students, mm-hmm. Menlo Park students guy, found this um, food truck called, I'm, I'm going to say the name wrong, El Paisa by Los Alegres Taco Truck. It's yeah. over by the Costco in Redwood City. Can we put oh. this in the show notes? Yeah. They were on like... Top, it was uh, some article came out like huh. top 10 food trucks. I don't remember if it was like California or the country. Okay. But I've gone there a couple times, 10 out of 10. All right. I feel Very like good. if it's one of the top food trucks in California, especially for tacos, it's basically in the top 10. For yeah. The I mean, maybe even just Bay Area, but it's still very yeah. good. Yeah. And then there's one in Sunnyvale called Margarita's Tacos. Huh. It's also very good. I'm an El, El Pastor girl oh. through and through. Oh, yeah. Me too. And. <sighs> Let's go. Okay. Okay. So. I, yeah, I've just been really disappointed with tacos <laughs> around here. So if you're saying that there are two legit taco places, yep. I have to check It's them all out. about the taco truck. Okay. And. Are they Baja style? Like, are they more like corn tortillas, smaller ones? Yes. Like, okay. like street tacos. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Very good. That's okay. good. Highly recommend. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So serious question mark. If you go, Hey, I, I'm going to jump in first 30 days. You know, uh, we got, we have some very, uh, thoughtful podcast listeners. They're wondering, mm-hmm. you're, at, you're talking about all these people winning yeah. around you. Yeah. What is, what is Mark Kim winning in his mm-hmm. first 30 days? We're talking August 1st. You look back, what are the things you go, man, we did it. Crushed yeah. July. One of the things I am convinced of is that in order for us to go fast, we have to start slow. Uh, and so one of the things that I'm going to prioritize in my first 30 days is, is getting to know our staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think we know each other, but we really don't. And not only that, like everybody has different ideas of what we're supposed to be doing as a church and trying to, if I'm going to be really clear on mission and vision, I need to understand where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. And so that 30, first 30 days is building trust, building rapport with our central and campus staff, really getting to know people. And yeah, like, can I get to know like 60, 70 people like in the course of a month? Not, not right away, but mm-hmm. I want to make way, uh, make headway into that. So that way we can start thinking about, hey, where, where are we starting from? Because mm-hmm. I think if we have an incomplete idea of what we're starting out with, it's going to be really, it's, it's going to show within the first few months in terms of our alignment. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure we're re- really, really clear. Where are we starting from? Where do we want to get to? And then making sure we communicate that ahead of time. So come come August first, like I want to have a really really clear idea of hey, where are we starting off from mm-hmm. as a staff? What is what is everybody's kind of idea of where we're headed as a church, so we can correctly align towards mm-hmm. our goal. Yeah, and I think part of that is going to be cool for us as a staff too to get to know you because even though you know we all work at the same church with the different locations, you don't always get the opportunity to connect with people differently. And, um, you know, I feel like we haven't really connected, but we got to be in a sermon planning meeting and we were on the same team. And I was like, holy crap, this guy is really smart. Like what? what? Not that, you know, I didn't think you were before, <laughs> but I only knew of Mark Kidd and Menlo Kids <laughs> ministry, you know, so I didn't know more, you know, there's a lot of us that have a lot more than just the little role that we have. Um, and then getting to hear from you at our staff retreat, I was like, dude, like what? Like you and Chris, I was just like, yes, yes, this is so good. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll be great for the rest of our staff to get the experience, not, not for you just to get to know us, but for us to get to know you and get excited for where Menlo can go and where you want it to go. And I think it's a cool opportunity. Yeah. There is so much, not just potential, like we, have, everybody has potential, but mm-hmm. getting to know, and I think this is another thing that I do really well at is, um, when I get to know somebody, sometimes I can often see something in them that they don't see in themselves. Mm. And I just want to tap into all of that for all of our staff. Like, I want to help people see, like, what's your superpower here? Mm. You know, and I'm just really excited about that part because I'm like, if we can combine our superpowers, like Captain Planet style, yeah. <laughs> like that, our that, powers combined. <laughs> that would be amazing. Mm. Or Avengers. Yeah, you know, or it's Avengers. Fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Justice League. Is that the other I one? I don't yeah. know. That's the least popular yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> that's what I'm really excited for. So what are some of the strengths of Menlo that you are excited to leverage in the future? Yeah, like I said, we, we are a very highly resourced church, mm-hmm. uh, not just in just the things that we're doing, but also just networks too. Like, totally. it, like my first days on, at San Mateo campus, I just 
met somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I know this person, this person. I was like, I, 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 I okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, this is, this is incredible. What are we going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also a very driven community. I think everybody here in the Bay Area, they come here because they have ambitions, mm-hmm. right? And they, they want to be innovative. They want to, they want to make it, as for some people, they want to make it big in different ways, right? But what can we do with all of that potential, with all of that uh, drivenness? Um, if we can get unified on a goal, on a vision, um, there's, like we have that saying, nothing's impossible. Mm. But here's the thing. We can make possible, not just for our church, but for other churches and other ministries and other nonprofits in this mm. area. If, if we can really make uh, a statement for that we are not asking things from people, we're not asking people to, to do things for us, but really we're for them. Mm-hmm. And that Jesus Christ came to give us life abundantly. Mm-hmm. There's, there's things that God can do that are beyond our wildest imaginations. Yeah. And I just think sometimes we, I, I wonder if people understand how wonderful God is if we allow him to truly work mm-hmm. in and through us. Right. The other week, um, I was binging Tim Keller sermons because he passed mm-hmm. away, rest in peace, and also prayers to his family. But I was listening to a sermon. He was talking about how uh, Sarah laughed at God, you know, because of this promise of, of a child. And it says in scripture, like, do you not know how wonderful I am? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I want to tap into for our church is Menlo believes and a holy God who, who, who can make the impossible possible. But sometimes I wonder, do you, do you really believe that he is that wonderful? And can we tap into that? Um, that's what I want to see happen in our church. Amen. That's good. So, you know, people hear you say something like that, Mark, and I have the benefit of, of knowing you. So I know how you're going to answer this next question. but. Um, like, why does that matter to you? You know, you could do a lot of things. You could, you could work in a lot of places. All of us could. Mm-hmm. Um, we could work in, in a lot of geographic locations. Yeah. You've chosen to do ministry. Mm-hmm. You've chosen to do ministry in this kind of central seat, and you've chosen to do that at Menlo Church. Those are not all the easiest choices <laughs> you could make. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Why well, you got to end with that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to collect myself because this is going to make me really emotional. Mm. Uh, I, I told this to Phil and to others who were kind of during our last interview for, for uh, this position. I, I told them, please do not, don't choose me if, if we're not serious about the work that we're going to do. Uh, I know this is going to sound a little morbid, but I, I think about death on a daily basis. Um, not, not in any like morbid kind of way, but because that is the reality that Mm. one day, um, I'm going to see my savior. And I don't know about any of you who are listening to this podcast, but I'm sure you are praying for somebody in your life right now that they would know Jesus, right? I have relatives, I have cousins. Um, that's kind of the reason why I was thinking about doing mission work in the, in the, in Asia, because I have so many family members who do not know Jesus. And I know that there are churches around them, but I just, I wanted to go and do something about it. Mm-hmm. But my daily prayer is that we would be a church that is an answer to someone else's prayer. Mm-hmm. Someone out there is praying for their relative, their family, their friend, their coworker, and they're asking, hey, only if there was a church who was really serious about Jesus, who was really serious about helping them to not just know Jesus, but know, know him and to really help release them into this kingdom power that they have. And for me, I, I want to do something with my life where God will say, hey, well done, well done. But not just well done for me. I want every person that comes through the doors of Menlo, not for Menlo's sake. Like, I don't want to make a name for Menlo. You don't want to make a name for Menlo? You don't either. We're here because we want to make a name for Jesus, his name above all names. We can be 
the answer to Jesus's prayers. Mm. That's amazing if you think about it. To his prayers, to other people's prayers, if we allow him to work through us, if we choose to follow him, if we choose to live not just through this image-driven culture that we live in, right, but really through our identity in him. Um, I don't want to waste my time. None of us here do either. So um, without, ah, it's really hard to speak about this because I'm like, ah, but yeah, uh, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste other people's time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure everything that we do uh, is an answer to someone's prayer. Oh, that's why I want to do this job. Menlo Church can be the answer to someone else's prayer for their friend, family, whatever. Yeah. Like, because I pray, I've got, yeah, my brother and his wife, and I'm like, this is, you know, it's out of our hands. But to set us up thinking that we could be that answer is like, oof. Great job. Yeah. It's good, right? Yeah. It's good. And I think this idea that we have one life to live, one set of hours, one set of days, one set of years, and it's going to be gone like that, right? Jesus' baby brother James, he says, uh, we, are, we are water vapor. <laughs> we are the dew on the grass. We are here in the morning, and we are gone in the morning. And so to be able to say, what does it look like to pour out faithfulness so that God might work through us, right? That is... Um, and that's not like those of us on church staff. That's like mm-hmm. all of y'all. Yes. This is a this is a everybody yeah. who calls Jesus Lord to be able to say, hey, God's put you in the place that he's put you. You work at Meta. You work at Google. You work in Amazon. You work in all these amazing and important places shaping some incredible things. And Jesus has put you there as a missionary. And for Menlo to be the training ground by mm-hmm. which you understand how to walk out and incorporate your faith and understanding in Jesus and this vibrant relationship that I, I love how you said that, Mark. People could see the wonderful nature of the love of God in you and choose in their own life to pursue that same thing. Um, man, I think that's, when we talk about what, what we want to get a, aligned around, let's align around that. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. So to end, how can we be praying, A, for you mm-hmm. and your wife, mm-hmm. and how can we pray for the San Mateo campus as you're transitioning out? Yeah. Uh, for my wife and I, it is uh, just a, an interesting time in our lives. Um, I think for her, not knowing what this role looks like, you know, because she's used to a couple of years of me doing the role mm-hmm. at San Mateo. Uh, for her, she needs a little bit more time adjusting to that sure. new rhythm. Yeah. Uh, for me, there's always two things that I've been praying for, especially as I came down to Menlo Church. One is favor. Uh, what I mean by favor is if, if God would allow us, uh, especially me, me and Kelly as a couple, to forge relationships with people. Uh, and when you have those relationships, think, you know, trust is built, all those types of things. But also for me, um, growing in my relationship with the staff, with the congregants here at Menlo, um, that helps us to communicate a lot uh, more, not necessarily efficiently, but what's the word I'm looking for? Just... It, more genuinely, like mm. they understand where it's coming from and, and we can go further faster when that communication happens. Um, but favor and uh, wisdom. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom. Uh, wisdom can't happen without actually doing the work, right? And so um, asking God for favor as I start, but also wisdom as we move forward and then adjustments for Kelly. Uh, for San Mateo, uh, we are replacing me uh, God has already kind of partially answered the prayer. Uh, Sally Wong has come on as part-time coordinator, and cool. she's been a she's been a rock star there. Uh, she's been pretty much a, a solid person for our early childhood programs there, and she'll continue on. But we're also praying for a full-time person who will not just fill my shoes, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, how are you, you've got big shoes to fill. Like it's not about finding like the, the a person that will fill my shoes. It's what kind of pair will they have mm-hmm. that will take it a step further yeah. than where I, can, where I could have even taken it? And so just praying for that person to come in and take the reins and really have favor with the volunteers there and just take it a step beyond even where I got it to, to be. And really, San Mateo, the volunteers at our campus, I'm sure every campus, but I'm just going to brag on San Mateo. <laughs> a, a pastor is only as good as 
the congregation mm-hmm. and they have made me what I am and they have helped me to become the kind of pastor that, that I am. And I just want to pray for them too, that they would continue on in the good work that they have already started. Mm-hmm. They were there before I was even there. I just helped them get aligned, but they're going to continue that great work. And so again, just praying that God would help them to continue that work. Great. It's really good. It's really Any good. other questions you've got? Uh, no, I mean, I think you probably, if you're listening to this, can tell uh, how gifted Mark is and how uh, much of a gift he has already been to Menlo. And I think, um, yeah, I just encourage you to be praying for him, be praying for Kelly. And uh, as they make this transition, those things are, are critical, right? There's lots of good things and good people we can put in place. But if we don't choose to mutually submit to one another, uh, none of it's going to work. And so, um, you know, like my commitment is to mutually submit to Mark. My commitment is to mutually submit to our teams, to our, uh, not only to our staff, but to our church, right? Like we are all, even if we're sort of shepherds, right? Like we think about a pastoral role from a New Testament theology perspective, we are all under shepherds. There is one great shepherd Mm -hmm. and we're all submitting to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we say, how do we get aligned? How do we cast vision? We go, Jesus, what do you want us to do? And so the answer um, is always Jesus, right? The, uh, the, the work that we're doing even right now with a strategic partner called Clarity House, we'll spend another day with them this week is, is just shaping some of these things. So you can be praying for, uh, for that process as well. But I'd love to pray for us as we wrap up. Is that okay? Yeah. And pray Unless for Mark. Mark had anything else you wanted no. to add. All good. Great. Sounds great. Dude, thanks so much for being here, man. Thank thrilled, you. Really thrilled. Let me pray for us. Uh, God, thanks so much. Thank you for uh, the fact that we can pray together around this table right now, but then that others are going to join in this prayer in the days and weeks to come mm-hmm. as they think about uh, how this will impact our church together. Not our church like Mark and Jessica and Phil, uh, our church like your church, like mm-hmm. Menlo Church, like us as a church. And so, uh, God, we lift this moment to you. We lift this season to you. I do pray for Mark and Kelly. Pray for the logistics of them relocating. We pray for uh, the impact of how changes in rhythms and work habits and all that stuff will affect their marriage and relationship and friend groups and all the things that are going to shift over time, that, God, you would be present in each one of those. We pray for San Mateo. We're so thankful uh, for that congregation within our church, God, and uh, we, we do pray for them as they look for the next man or woman who's going to step into uh, this role, that you would give tremendous clarity and open doors, God. We pray for speed, too. We pray that that decision could happen faster than we would expect because you're moving in the middle of it. Uh, And we pray for just the continued impact you're going to have in the lives of the next generation and families because of that, to the legacy uh, that Mark is leaving behind there. And uh, God, we pray for the impact that Menlo Church is supposed to have. God, we pray for the things that you want to do in the Bay Area and beyond as we show people how wonderful and incredible you are, that the thief comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, but you come, that we might have life and have it to the fullest. Would you help us to demonstrate and walk that out authentically in imperfect lives today and every day for your glory and in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, everybody. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks all. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.